0: Doctors have to go through a lot of training. I was talking, we at a wedding yesterday, and talking to a, a, a young doctor who is in his fellowship, which is after his residency, which is after med school, which is after his undergrad. Um, you can't just one day wake up and think, like, oh, I guess I'll be a doctor today. That there's, there's a kind of an expiration date. There's a time in your life where you're, you're literally too old to be a doctor. Um, there's other other professions like that, and it kind of seems like, oh darn it, that's not fair. I wish you know I could help people. I can't, but you just can't go out and be like, okay, I'm gonna start doctoring today um, and have it have it work out. There's some requirements to this. <clears throat> some professions have these expiration dates, as for instance, as at 36, I cannot become a professional baseball player. Um, I kind of knew this earlier in my life, but it's still, you know, the peak athletic age is between, between 24 and, and 28, and so like usually past that, that time, it's like you're not going to make the Rockets, you're not going to make the Astros, or I guess other teams in other cities, but um, you, can't, you can't do that. But the amazing thing about this, and the amazing thing about God, is faith and holiness do not have an expiration date. There's not a point in our life beyond which we cannot receive mercy from God. There's not a point in our life where we cannot receive the gift of faith. Faith is is this beautiful gift that can happen that doesn't need all the prerequisites in your undergrad education. That you don't need to make sure you did this, this, and this, and then God will give you, you, offer you faith. It is a pure gift. You don't need to make sure you did this, 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 and this, And God will give you the gift of holiness, of being set apart. I think uh, what helps me for me is another athletic analogy, is the difference between football and baseball. And so, you know, in football, American football, if you're up by three touchdowns in the end of the fourth quarter, like, the game is over. It's literally impossible for the other team to win. There's a time limit. It takes about, you know, the fastest person in the world takes nine seconds to run 100 yards. And so you need. There's just time is running out. There's a clock on that that's beating away. In baseball, there is no clock. There's no. It's you just have. You have the 27 outs you got to get. Um, and so if you have 26 outs, there's still one more out. But something can happen in that. Even the bottom of the ninth, two outs, down by 12 runs. You're probably gonna lose. <laughs>
1: so
0: yeah, all the. Rules of probability kind of point in a different direction, but it doesn't necessitate it. It doesn't necessitate it. And there is still the possibility of something amazing happening. There's still the possibility of a comeback. The game is not over. There's a possibility of something new breaking in. My friends, we are finishing our series on how to be a saint on what sainthood and holiness is. This language that is usually just kind of reserved for a long time ago or in like very, very churchy kind of areas that we don't usually use in common language. Oh, like, oh, you're being a real saint today. That's usually not a nice thing to say about someone. (laughs) But this is is language that we should claim. Those saints, though they may be long ago, those saints in our lives that we have lost, but they have revealed something to us. God used them, and God can still use us today. The God revealed in holy people in our lives, the God revealed in the good, the kind people, the loving people in our lives, is still the God who is present with us today. The God revealed in the lives of those whom we have lost in the past year or in the past few years. The lives of people whose names are still tender to say aloud. That God is still revealed and the children who are baptized this morning, and the new life that is being initiated in this world. There's no prerequisite for accepting love in this world. If you are forgiven by God, which you all are, and if you are loved by God, which you all are, the possibility of love is there for you. There is no limit on this. Holiness Literally just means being set apart. Holiness is being set apart for a life of love and mercy. And that life can take place in any context. Everyone of you can have this life of mercy. The life of mercy does not limit you, but expand your possibilities. You do not become less. You become more. And today's sermon is called, How to be a Saint. You see on the front of the bulletin, step one. I'm going to get to that. But there are steps. I think the most helpful thing for how to be a saint is our gospel reading for today. It's from the Beatitudes. Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, where it says, When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on, on to this mountain. And after he sat down, the disciples came to him and he taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. In Greek, the word is makarios. Makarios is so often translated as blessed, but blessed is kind of like saint, is a word you don't usually use, like at the water cooler or wherever you talk to other people in your life. Like that's not talking about blessed or talking about saint. It's kind of, if you know someone else is a Christian, that's you bring it up. But otherwise, you kind of reserve the language for there. But makarios also means happy. More often means happy. Most of the time, it's used in ancient Greek. It's referring to something that is happy happiness, this everyday kind of thing. The, there's a recent Bible translation called the Common English Bible that translates this. Translates the Beatitudes as happy. And it's kind of jarring to hear. For those of you who grew up in the church, it's not like blessed sounds off. It should be blessed are. You need know, that kind of accent in there. And it's this kind of stilted language that's not very common. But, but just hear this. Happy are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That sounds a little off. Happy are those who mourn. For they will be comforted what that doesn't seems like those are contradictory i think that gets more at what jesus is going for is understanding that there is a a challenge in our conception about what happiness and what grief is and what happiness and what being poor in spirit what happiness and being meek is the world says happy are the rich in spirit happy are the extraordinarily social and amazingly wealthy for the kingdom of the world is theirs And Jesus says, Happy are the poor in spirit, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. A saint lives in an upside down world. The world says, Happy are those who never grieve, who never lose anyone or anything important in their life, for the kingdom of the world is theirs. Where Jesus says, Happy are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. The world says, Happy are those people who are never persecuted. And their life. And are always praised. For the kingdom of the world is theirs. When Jesus says, Happy are those who are persecuted for my sake. There is a possibility of holiness for us. In this world that Jesus is turning upside down. Not because we have fulfilled any special pre prerequisites not because we can kind of will ourselves towards this nor because we can do spiritual stuff really well or if you have the spiritual gift of waking up on a Sunday morning and remembering it's daylight savings time so that's awesome thank you for being here <laughs> no as Leon Bois says love does not make you weak so important to remember this love does not make you weak because it is the source of strength but it makes you see the nothingness of the illusory strength on which you depended upon before you knew love. Holiness is not weakness. According to the world, it's weakness, but holiness is not weakness in truth. Holiness is is the weakness of the power of lies in your life. Being sanctified by God, being forgiven by God, is being able to say that lies no longer have power over you. The lies of the world no longer have power over you. The lies that say you need to be wealthy, rich, you need to always have a smile on, you need to never grieve, you need to never love too much. Those lies do not have power over you. God has shown you a different way. Lies no longer have power over those who are holy, who are set apart. lies no longer have power over those who are with God. And to become holy is not to become less of yourself. It's not a limit on you. It is instead to become more of yourself. More of who you were created to be. More sharing. More giving. That we limit when we say, Oh, I can't do that. I can't give that much. I can't love that much. We are... We're limiting what God can do in our life. And we're losing out on who we can be in this world. When we see the saints of our own lives, when we see the saints in history, what they do is they magnify the goodness around them. They magnify justice in this world. They magnify love in this world. They're, they work as a prism of God's light, a prism that wonderful junior high science experiment where you have the, the glass, You hold it up to the light, and a rainbow emerges. And before, it just looked like a normal incandescent light. And then you see the spectrum that is revealed. That is what a saint does. They are a tool. They function as a living gospel to which we can point. God is there. God is there. And we cannot become saints on our own. Nor do, do people whom we remember this day nor do they have a greater disposition towards sainthood. It's not like an athletic ability to run a nine-second, 100-meter dash. Like that's, not, that's not how sainthood works. Instead, there's a possibility for all of us, from the children who are baptized this day, who are being given the gift of peace. As well for those of us who are grieving this day. Grieving over people whom we have lost recently. Grieving over people we have lost years ago, but whose loss is still felt. Deeply. Jesus offers comfort. You are not less because of your grief, but you are more than the kingdom of heaven. As it says at the end of Revelation, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more, for the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things New
1: you make go Come make all things new. Come make all things new. You make all things new. You make Come make all things new. Come make all things new.
0: God can make you new this day. Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord by loving your neighbor. Seek the Lord by the means of grace. God can make us holy. God can make all things new. Even me, even you.